You know, our goal in life is to present reality and also to track how reality is being dealt with in the world. And um, we've often noted that harm reduction is something that it's real. I mean, people cut back and change their drug and alcohol use patterns. It's as natural as night and day and as long as human beings have existed. And so we point out when these incidents crop up in the media, for example, we talk about the hit streaming show Hacks, where, you know, the people use a variety of drugs in a variety of ways with better and worse consequences. We've talked about the Grateful Dead guitarist Bob Weir, mm-hmm. who was a guy who was lost in painkillers and booze. And now he drinks wine and tea and I'll have an occasional painkiller. He's in the seventies when, you know, sitting on playing guitar all day for 50 years can, you know, wear you down. We've talked about California sober Demi Lovato, somebody who there's actually some controversy, I think about whether she's going sober, sober, but there are universes of people who have turned to marijuana after painkillers. You know, they're looking for some kind of relief and they just find marijuana is a lot more manageable. Hmm. Um, And then there's a constant, constant fight back to that. So I'm just going to quote from somebody who's responding to that Demi Lovato story. Quote, all addiction is neurophysiological, Dr. Cooey says, C-O-U-E-Y. This means that addiction does not have as much to do with which substance people use as it does with the person's biology, psychology, and genetics. It's more about how a person's brain reacts to chemicals, such as having tolerance, urges, and cravings, and it's about the specific chemical ingested. Why do I read his quote? Um. Why do you think I read his quote at this oh, that quote that quote's perfect because it sort of it gets at some common sense like it's not uh it's not as physiological as you might you know addiction's not like a physiological thing as you might think, but it still reverts to the same fundamental idea that there's something going on awry with the brain, so it's still some sort of a physiological thing that separates the folk psychology from the brain doing something. And you can't change it. There's nobody in the world who cut back from opioids to alcohol and marijuana, which is bizarre, which, you know, if you walk down the street and stop five people, you'd find somebody like that. So there's a constant fight. We see harm reduction is a part of life. Harm reduction is another way of saying people live. They change their needs. They change their way of drinking and taking drugs. I'll harken back. One of the great events was uh, the attack by Mary Pendery of the Sobel study of alcoholism. And there were all these alcoholics who were given either problem drinking, training, or AA, and even Mary Pendry and her group had to say, well, there definitely was one guy who became a moderate drinker, you know? Okay, 
we're going to rule him out. He wasn't, re- you know, when they start arguing, he wasn't really an alcoholic, but he's sure he was at the Patton State VA hospital for blackouts. Um, so now we're talking about, so harm reduction is real. It's undeniable. And therefore it crops up in real people's lives. Like Bob, we hear it just happens and it's portrayed in all kinds of media. But the process of harm reduction therapy, you won't see that on television. Right. And you can't, uh, people don't have the, People don't have the concept down enough for it to be possible to see it on television. Will they develop that? I'm, uh, as I always mention, 76. Will they have that process down enough that I'll ever see it on television, Zach? I think so. I'm an optimist, but I think so. I think that you'll see it somewhere on television. And you'll well, be surprised. I do have to say, in the dark days when the Mary Pendry study came out in the early 80s, I mean, you and Archie are anchoring personalities in my life. You know, Archie said, well, things change. You know, this this is a bad, they were harassing anybody who talked about harm reduction, which used to be called controlled drinking. Uh, Archie said, well, you know, if you take a little bit of a long-term perspective, a lot of things have changed over a lot of time. So something called... Single drunk female. But let me t- back up and say one other thing. AA builds off failure. AA is a failure as a mechanism for society to deal with alcohol. So, I mean, if I, if I talk to the biggest AA booster in the world, I'll say, uh, so the 12 steps have really resolved their drug and alcohol problems, haven't they? And, um, of course, who can say that? And I can go into it and say, oh, most people with drug and alcohol problems are allured or to brought into 12 steps and problem solved, right? Nobody believes that. Nobody. Even, you know, Bob W., if he's, they, could, they get him up. Um, and so... The response to that, this harm reduction, which is a real response, but what you see mainly in media is digging down deeper, doubling down on the very processes that have proved to fail themselves. And the example that we're looking at is single drunk female. It starts out, it's a a series. Is Is it on Hulu? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, she loses her job because she's constantly drunk. She assaults her boss, which is kind of a felony. And she loses her job and she goes home and moves in with her mother at somewhere, you know, in Massachusetts. By the way, and this is just a footnote for history. Ali Sheedy plays her mother. Ali Sheedy was a famous heroin addict. I mean, she was known that her whole career revolved around it. Hmm. A, you know, she looks great. <laughs> and B, in this plot, she drinks wine 
and she puts down the disease concept. She's the, I don't know what you, the foil. Oh, oh, she's the antagonist of the story. Who's the yeah, she says, I don't tell me you have a disease, she says to her daughter. The character, main character plays her daughter. And I, maybe you're supposed to say, yeah, like you know, <laughs> Ali Sheedy. So, okay, she, as soon as she arrives in town, she goes to a 30-day rehab. That's her probation. And the first night out, she gets drunk. She goes to war with her good friend because I used to drink a lot. She says, well, I'm not going to drink. Well, okay, maybe <clears throat> I'll have a drink. Boom, ba boom, ba boom. She gets totally drunk. She gets in her car, and she plows into the wedding bus of a woman who's married her ex-fiance. You know, it's a TV series. I'm okay with... Wow. And constantly being flashed is a sobriety counter how long she's been sober so she's been sober like well she's been in rehab and what are you supposed to so she failed i mean and here's where the series goes off the tracks if you're on probation okay not only did you get drunk but she created a a potentially lethal accident they put you in jail. I mean, she remember, she's not on probation for alcoholism. She's on probation for a felony, for assault. And but that doesn't work for the program. What they what the program is going to do, I've only seen three of them, is she's going to get better at being AA sober. Now, in any realm in the universe. You would say, let me get this straight. She went to a 30-day rehab. She got out, failed instantaneously, and could have killed herself or somebody else. And we're going to go with that therapy. Yeah. That's, that's a good therapy. And then you might circle back in life and think, you know, America's not doing that well. Um, with people's substance problems. Of course, there are a million people who died right out of right out of um, rehab. Amy Winehouse. If, by the way, if you quiz people, how did Amy Winehouse die? They always say drugs. But Amy Winehouse was off drugs. She came out of rehab and drank, you know, most of a liter of vodka. And she wasn't a big girl. And she may have also been taking tranquilizers that they give you when you leave rehab. So you're being sold the message. She failed. Why did she fail? The rehab. Go on. Well, let's actually give um, you had a rehab at one point. A U.S. In, in well, we had the Life Process Program. Which it, was the form, it was the basis of a rehab, a residential and, rehab. And program. so in this in this program, there was something, some metrics that you took. I mean, you'd call people and see what was going on after a month. And you had some rate of people who remained abstinent. But uh, in practice, you didn't really care so much about that. You cared that people were living their lives. So let's give people who are like an inpatient sort of an abstinence rehab 
an off-ramp into something that's sort of like harm reduction. What could somebody do in that situation where you're supposed to be boosterish about remaining abstinent to also prepare a person for a world in which, you know, going back to the same environment where they may drink despite their best efforts? What kinds of questions could you be asking or what preparation could you be doing with a person? So let me pull that out, tease that out a little bit more. People said you had a residential rehab and it was abstinence oriented. They would sort of say accusingly to me. Right, right. You don't have a residential rehab for controlled drinking for a number of reasons. People aren't going to send their spouses or young adults there, A. And B, you can't have in one setting people who you're going to say, well, we're going to work with you on harm reduction, but you others don't quite, you can't have that infiltration. Mm. However, then they go home and then all bets are off as they always are because it's a human behavior. And so I worked to spend, I had very talented people doing the regular follow-up contact. But in a way, those very talented people are represented by all of you coaches in the life process program. Because, you know, people, you're just talking to them, you know, over Zoom, Mm -hmm. you know, and even if you weren't, even if you were in the same room with them, you're not determining whether and how people use the substance again. Mm -hmm. And of course, some of our clients are, have eating issues and other stuff and relationship issues that you can't quit. Oh, I'm going to quit eating is not a solution. And so one thing that we train on is relapse prevention. And the exercise we use sounds like the woman in this case. We say, oh, you go to the first. Okay, perhaps your resolve is, you know, you're not going to drink at all. And the first stop in your relapse is, well, you go to a bar. We don't have to go to the bar. You went to the bar, but you can leave or not go to the bar in the first place. Then you can go to the bar and not drink at all. That happens. Unlike that brain disease model guy, people do that. Or you can drink and not drink too much. And these are all ways you can get off the path into a full relapse. Or you can get really intoxicated. But when you're on probation for a felony or for any other purpose, you can't go out into your car and drive. She's there with a friend. They know her at this bar. People know her. She could have had that resolve and plan on her own, or the other people could have been educated about it. And that's a tip. That's a high end example of harm reduction. You know, getting drunk, you know, even mothers against drunk driving understand that. They say, well, we're not against people drinking. We're against people drinking, getting drunk and driving. And she was just in a 30-day rehab. I forget. I think her mother, you know, Ali Sheedy had to cash in all of her savings to send her there. And they didn't spend one second 
saying, you know, not everybody who leaves rehab never drinks again for the rest of their life. Let's work that through. Right. Not everybody who leaves here quits for the rest of their life. In fact, you know, if you're really honest, you might say hardly anyone's, you're probably going to drink. And when you do, if you do, just look, don't beat yourself up about it because you don't want to be going down that road and hurting yourself or something. You're still a rational person in there. So what are the kinds of things that you're trying to avoid by drinking in the first place? Let's just like, let's curb that. Let's figure out how you just remain intact so that you can observe this the next day, at least. And let's play out a situation where that might occur so that you can either avoid that situation or manage that situation. And what options do you have for managing that situation? I mean, you know, people are simple mechanisms. You train people, and if you're an actor or an athlete, they say, well, look, if I hit a ball to your left and you have to twirl around and throw it to first base, you know, Let's practice that. Let's think it through and let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got to give Adi Jaffe is a biologically oriented harm reductionist. But the guy's got guts. He goes to bars with people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they're not, uh, Adi Jaffe's not a guy who's sitting around chickening out, you know. Uh, he says, well, let's, let's work. Let's actually try this one on. You know what I mean? So got to have guts to do that. <clears throat> they just, you've, if you've gone to the best rehab in town, if you've spent $25,000, $50,000, they don't spend one second, as you said, planning or anticipating or thinking through the most likely thing that's going to happen. That's just like not in the ball whack. And that's being presented in this program as the best, not only as the only therapy, there's no alternative. They're not going to say, well, hey, some other people have a different way of approaching that. And it's not at this point in history, as we've just been discussing, harm reduction or the idea of less serious or bad use or less consequential use or preparation um, it's not like, uh, you know, flying to the moon. It's out there all the mm. time. So you're not going to see harm reduction currently on television. Let me give some other examples. How do you say Chrissy Teigen, T-E-I-G-E-N? Do you know her name? I thought it was Chrissy Teigen. But Teigen. Yeah. And they wrote some article, she she might drastically shift your stance on alcohol addiction. And what it's about is how many times she's failed, meaning how many times she's drunk, consumed alcohol. Quitting drinking like everything else on this earth we attempt is an undertaking, a practice, an endeavor. And if it were as easy thing to even try, let alone to see that there wouldn't be an entire rehab industry devoted to it. Right. That's a book that Tegan refers to. Exactly. The rehab industry and AA are based on failure. They say, oh, look, so many people try and quit drinking and they fail. 
That's why we're always here and they have to keep coming back to us as opposed to giving people a workable, livable plan for their actual lived human lives. Um, so, as I said, in the Life Process Program, we tra train people for relapse prevention. That's a thing, a term associated with Alan Marlott. You can get, in that set situation, you go to a bar, you drink alcohol, you get drunk, you get in the car, you can get off at any station. Every human being can do that. And AA and rehab teach the opposite. So um, the same, you will not see on television, Euphoria is a program a lot of people have problems with. It's about young people taking a lot of drugs and alcohol unhealthily. But then they have one, one episode where they flirt with what? Getting sober, going to AA and quitting. That's, mm. that's the solution, which fails because that's not the program doesn't end up there. They don't go to AA. Oh, they're kids. <clears throat> you know, you don't get a lot of teens and early 20-year-olds, you know, going to AA for 50 or 70 years, you know, for the rest of their lives. And so, once again, failure is regarded as the key to success of 12 steps in AA. Harm reduction is around us all. Everybody knows about it. But its name can't be spoken in an actual series in terms of present being presented as an actual human strategy. <clears throat> right. Strategy. Right. So the the version of harm reduction we maybe have talked about in films or in popular press or, or popular stories about it, it's more like um, well, what you said at the beginning. That's just people kind of living. There's, they're not really they don't really have a dog in the fight of whether they're doing the substance, using a substance or not using a substance. They're just kind of living their lives. And then a story is written about them that you know these people who used to have horrible problems just kind of live their lives. But there's never a there's never a movie or a sitcom or you know a storyline that says this person had a difficult time and the way that they decided to manage their lives and make the best of themselves is by just you know figuring out what's manageable for them in the day to day and taking care of and prioritizing and taking care of the basic elements. To extend that to the provider side, they're never going to show. Oh, they went to a harm reduction program. Um, they were taught some of these techniques by which to manage it. We're not telling you, and they, hey, they were telling everybody with the problem to abstain. I mean, that's the point of single what? Drunk woman? Is that what it's called? Single drunk female. Single. They're telling you, you know, this is the only way to do it. If you do, you're, if you do anything else, you're going to fail. So nobody has the guts to get up there. They, they'll show people, as you were saying, you know, been diagnosed for alcoholics, drinking, but they're not going to say, show a helper talking to them about how to avoid that throwing good money after bad and pitching yourself into the pit. As you know, you know, if, 
AA doesn't allow you to have a, a, a controlled drinking episode. It's illegal. And so uh, just to show how far advanced or how unadvanced we are, if, if you know, when we think, well, harm reduction's out there, we are not aware of a single, you know, there's a ton of media now. You know, I don't know how many shows come out of you. There's Hulu and there's HBO and Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's a million of them. Not one of them is allowed to show harm reduction. I mean, you and I know Pat Denning fairly well. She's just retired. She spent her career on that. You, you know, you wonder, you know, as she's retired and she's like sitting there <clears throat> having a cocktail, wondering about her career, you're not allowed to show what she did as her career and the, the innovations that she created. Hmm. You know, I think you might be right. I've got a prediction and then a, a question before we sign off. So I'll start it from here. I think that harm reduction will make its way into popular TV in the form of satire. Satire against prodding at AA and trying abstinence-oriented or over-focusing on um, not doing something as a form of living a good life. I could imagine a storyline where a person is trying, making their best effort at doing those things while simultaneously their life is improving in other ways and they actually outgrow their addiction. I could imagine that storyline, but I agree that I, we won't see as soon something like the archetypal therapist being someone who says, you know, all that really matters is that you're living well. I don't think we'll see that. I don't think Pat Denning will see that as she has a cocktail thinking about how cinema reflects her work. Well, you're young. I mean, in the early 1980s, which is a long time ago, to talk about controlled drinking meant it could be the end of, that's the end of your career. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, the bad things that you get dumb for now. Um, it, but, and it took 20 or more years to get reversed, but you'll still be around then. And I, you know, light a candle for me when that happens, you know, that we're all putting great hopes in you. And I know you and, and your, your wife works in, you know, service, your servants agency. You're people that have, are capable of maybe making that all happen. And uh, I, I'm not going to bet against you. Well, God willing. I just don't think it's happening. No, in my lifespan. Well, I hope you're wrong. Okay. One, one question. Um, you watched the series and I, did, I haven't yet, but. And then this seems to be like an ongoing uh, thing too, where you watch the series and I haven't yet, and I catch up later. Did she? What are your other thoughts about this? Like, um, did she go back to from rehab into a her old life and with all the same old people and same old environment? Well, that was the point. I mean, she she went out with her best friend, who they used to go out drinking together to the same old bar. So that, you know, in, in a standard LMR, that relapse prevention scenario, that's, you avoid that sort of thing. Mm. You know, this is a humanistic AA. 
I believe what's going to happen is they're going to show her maturing as a human being. Yeah. She'll be able to never drink again. That's where right. they're, I think, at it. So as she matures, then she'll be able to uh, be successful in AA, which is like, if, you, if you've accomplished one, why do you need the other? But I see what you're saying. And every, you know, every, uh, every show actually has an AA meeting, which is, I mean, what I'm thinking is, you know, people aren't going around saying, now, I mean, everybody believes in AA, sort of, but people aren't going around saying, you know, AA's really licked all our problems. The problem is not enough people are shown what an AA meeting is like. That's our problem in life. We need to show more people going to AA meetings and like what that experience is like. You know, isn't that some kind of an AA saying, you know, the sign of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. So, you know, part of me is just watching this and I have a bird's eye view of me watching this. And I'm saying, you know, it's 2022. We've had some problems. Harm reduction's out there. And they're showing a woman going to AA meetings so she can learn how to do the 12 steps well and right. That's, mm. that's what I'm watching. So, um, you know, that doesn't mean we haven't made advances. And you talk, there's a comedian who has that interaction. We've talked about him where he talks about his personal uh, harm reduction experience. What's his name? Uh, Mark Norman. Um, so it's not like it's banned. Right. Like talking about, um, you know, Ukraine and Russia. You're not allowed to talk about it. So it's not, we're in a, but what it gets to, and, you know, people can turn into my own YouTube station I'm going to talk about how people determine the truth, not reality. So right. that's easier for my YouTube station. Well, please, if you're viewing, uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Do you think we'll see harm reduction make its way under the big screen in Stanton Peel's or my lifetime, for that matter? And, uh, you know, let us know your thoughts. Give us a little evidence. And continue watching on Stanton Peel's YouTube channel for the next video regarding telling the truth.